Happy Juneteenth weekend, everyone. It's your girl, Kina Zantel, and welcome to this Juneteenth weekend edition of Citizen the Pod. I want to say happy weekend to all of my listeners, even those who aren't celebrating Juneteenth. So I'd like to say hello to all the voters out there, citizens out there, progressives out there, millennials out there, black people, brown people, Spanish-speaking people. I just want to say, hey, how you doing? I hope you enjoyed your weekend. I'm in the house preparing for my week, and most of you are probably doing the same. So I figured I'd come to you with a special surprise episode, an extra one for the week. And I just felt like there was a whole lot for me to say, so let me get started because I like to keep my opening segments short. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what I call my rundown. So I was trying to keep this rundown to about five or six points, and it ended up being 11, and four four of them ended up being in the same realm. So let's get to kind of talking about it. So these are the things that I feel like all of you should just keep in the back of your minds as you're going through your week. Um, I know many of you are just like praying for change or you're out, you know, volunteering or, you know, becoming a part of organizations in your communities to kind of affect change. And as we're doing that, there are things that we're going to need to be able to talk to our friends and family about in order to encourage them to become a part of the process. So let me get into the first point of the rundown. Puerto Rico, hey, say it with me, y'all. Puerto Rico, hey. You know, that used to be an awesome island. It still is an awesome island. So let me roll that back. Puerto Rico is still an awesome island that is a part of the union that we need to support and that we need to keep in our prayers at this point. So one, we want the United States government to acknowledge the true death toll. I mean, they still have, you know, on the record about 70 deaths when we know that real number is more like 5,000 and counting. And the last time I checked, their electric grid hasn't gotten any better. So we're rolling into hurricane season again, and we still are, we still have the issues on that island that we had on that island a year ago. And it's honestly, it's another disgrace. So we should be calling for a full investigation, something similar to that we have to the Mueller probe into Puerto Rico. I mean, those are American lives that are still not being taken care of and we need answers and someone should be paying for it. Number two on this rundown is the Flint water crisis. Now, I just want to give you guys an update about what's going on. So this has been going going for about three years now. And there has been some real change. Now, we wouldn't have seen that change if it wasn't for a pediatrician by the name of Dr. Mona, who decided to do all the research she needed into what was, why were Flint residents coming in to her office with young children who are just deathly sick. If it wasn't for that young, that young pediatrician, we wouldn't have even known what was going on in Flint. Actually, they knew what was going on because they were putting in generators into state offices to clean that water 
six months to a year prior to them acknowledging that they had did Flint wrong. So let's be real. The powers that be knew exactly what's been going on. So what's happened since we found out? So the federal government and the state have been investing in replacing all of the pipes. That's not 100% done. And let's be real, Flint has an old infrastructure. Most of those homes probably still have lead pipes that are still deteriorating from that disgusting water that was flowing through it. So that's going to take a while before we have true clean water running through all of the pipes of Flint residents. I mean, I think that's logical. We know that government moves slow. There's no way they're gonna move fast on spending the billions of dollars to take care of a problem that they fixed. But that is just what we have to accept when dealing with our government. Well, another thing that's been going on is I know they've actually kicked out a few politicians. So I wanna say kudos to the voters in Flint, Michigan, who were actively campaigning to make sure your mayor was replaced, to make sure the governor was replaced. I mean, they did their thing to make sure that their voices were going to be heard and they were gonna be represented by people who are going to listen to them, right? Right, I mean, it's just just a no-brainer. But an issue that I have is that the state this spring decided to stop providing clean bottled water to the residents of Flint. We, as I just mentioned, there's no way all of the pipes in Flint are, have been tested and have proven to not be flowing toxic water through the pipes. Like I totally understand why this is a problem because if I was the residents of Flint, I could not trust the government. This was the same government who was willing to put a mayor on TV and give him a glass of dirty Flint water um, and force him to drink it, knowing that he didn't want to drink that brown water and claim that the water was clean. Like, I get that there have been studies that have shown for the last two years, too. That's awesome. I'm not I'm not mad at this. There have been studies that have shown that the quality of the water in Flint has been has been great or I don't want to say great has met federal regulations for the amount of lead in the water for the last two years so they finally been able to get lead levels down to under what to under the levels of lead that's supposed to be in the water based on federal standards but I I just wouldn't trust those people so I think that we still need to cast a light on Flint Michigan it's important that's that those the issues there have not been resolved. I mean, there's still econo- there's still so much economic depression in that area. There's still low funded schools. I mean, we have so much work to do all across this country. And I want you guys to recognize because and this can be an entire this can be another show topic. So I'm writing it down now. Environmental issues in low income communities is rampant across this country. And it is something that we are eventually going to have to address. Moving on in the rundown, pre-existing conditions. Yes, of course, the administration of 45 has lied to the American people again. He spent his entire campaign telling Republican voters that he was never going to go after pre-existing conditions, that insurance companies should be held to that minimum standard to be to give health insurance options to everyone. Well, 
On Thursday, those those funny liars in the White House took it upon themselves to walk it all back. The Trump administration filed a brief in Texas on Thursday, arguing the removal of the protection for people with pre-existing conditions. I mean, everybody is looking around at Trump supporters in Ohio, in the Midwest, in the South, that are in low-income communities. Like, what in the crazy, bad crazy is wrong with you? Like, why would you vote against your own self-interest? Obamacare, ACA, same thing. I mean, many voters, many voters of 45 came out after electing him saying, wait, I didn't know that the Affordable Care Act and Obamacare was the same, was the same thing. Well, it was. And now it's in danger of it's, it's we're in we're in danger of losing the most valuable protection that I would say that Barack Obama did for this country. That is the most valuable contribution he did. This is his most signature piece of legislation. There was nothing stronger and more powerful than the um, the Affordable Care Act. And the we voted in a crazy after, and unfortunately, want something so serious. I mean, there are families with sick kids who can't get insured, who go into bankruptcy, who lose their homes, who lose their jobs, who lose their livelihoods, trying to take care of parents, kids, cousins, best friends, because they, because they are, because their life is valuable. And when you love someone, you do everything it takes to take care of them. And it just, it just, this just like tornado that we're going to talk about later in the rundown. I mean, it's just gotten real and I need all of us to understand the importance of us really outdoing ourselves this November. Like it's surge time. It's, it's time for us to really exercise our right to vote at a rate that surpasses what we did for Barack Obama's historic two elections. It's just, we've we've got work to do. I want to throw this little crazy tidbit out there before I even get into, um, you know, the fact that we're taking babies away from their mothers and putting them in internment camps with ICE agents supervising young women under the age of 18. Like I find it disgusting and no, I don't trust ICE agents. Like I don't trust the police and like I don't trust corrections officers. Like I there have been plenty of stories of, you know, and there not even there have been there are plenty of stories of young women who have been raped, sexually assaulted that have been, you know, just abused in prisons. So I'm supposed to trust a nice agent around young women. Like there's just, just power begets corruption. And this is a problem. Speaking of corruption though, 45 said, and I quote, he wants my people to sit up at attention like North Korea's like North Koreans do. And then later said he was kidding. 
Like, are we living in the twilight zone? Like, do we, we really need to understand that we have an authoritarian fi- fixture in the White House right now? Like, he really doesn't believe that a man who brutally attacks his own uncle with dogs and kills his brother for power, you know, to maintain his power and for power as something to aspire to. Like, we should be scared that this man said, and I quote, he would like his people to sit up at attention. This man doesn't understand that he works for us. Like, he does not understand fundamentally that his job is to perform a duty on our behalf. Like, I am just shaking my head like this is nonsense. So I just felt like this was just enough outrage to throw into the rundown. So that was number four of the rundown. So let me keep going. Let me keep getting your juices flowing. Tornillo. Let's talk about Tornillo, Texas. Tornillo, Texas is now the home of American and baby internment camps. Let me repeat that for you. It's a tent city for immigrant babies in Tornillo, Texas. And our religious leader, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, and I'm saying that with the most sarcasm you could ever make that comment with. Um, He decided he was going to quote the Bible, y'all. And not just any Bible verse, people. He wanted to go straight for the jugular. You know, that same same scripture that was used to enslave Africans for hundreds of years. Yeah, he went right back to... Old faithful Romans 13. And let me, let me, let me read it to everyone on this good Sunday that we're celebrating freedom. But I felt like today was a good day to discuss this nonsense. Romans 13, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. Come on, people. Come on. Come on. Come on. I mean, we can find a Bible verse to justify just about any and everything. I mean, let's not even get into the fact that the Bible was written by a man that was supposed to get divine. Don't, we're not, listen, I'm not an alias. I'm not an atheist. I was going to say an alias. I don't even know what an alias is. I don't know. Aliased, not an alias, but I am not an atheist. Okay, I I embrace spirituality. I love Jesus. However, I understand that there should be a separation of church and state. Like our forefathers were not missing the mark when they made that really serious distinction in our constitution. But this has just gotten out of hand. Like, everything that Jeff Sessions is doing is being sanctioned by 45. All the people who support 45 are, for the most part, evangelical Christians who cling to their Bibles. And then this is the same group who decided that they were going to, and they are voting for white supremacist 
um, child molesters and neo-Nazis all across this country. I mean, it's just, it's truly gotten out of hand what this, the, the contradictions and the hypocrisy in which in 50% of this, this, this country like lives in easily. Like you sleep well at night, like it's Father's Day. And let me throw out there, happy Father's Day to all the fathers across the country. You are valuable, you are needed, you are wonderful examples of what love is, except if you're a psycho who's gonna sit anywhere and give this nonsense a pass like what's going on in texas right now at our border should be something that inspires all of us to want to scream out and you can scream in different ways like everyone's not gonna go to their social media page and go put up a tweet i don't look for superficial validation for what folks are doing out here in our communities like you don't need to broadcast a thing you don't need to upload a thing. You don't need to show us anything. How how I'm going to know that we are here doing our thing, we're surging, we're getting folks ready to engage in November is when we see how we kick ass in November. Like it's time for the status quo to go and I'm here to motivate you with this rundown. So let me keep doing, going because it's crazy because listen folks, all of this has really happened in like a week, like all of this. So take it in. I'm not going to do use up too much of your time, but unfortunately I got to keep going because shit is this serious. Next net neutrality. Some people might be like, I heard this word before, but what is it? Kina Zantel. So let me break it down. What let me break it down to you. What net neutrality is and how is it? A, it's a travesty that this protection was rolled back. All right. So it's the principle that internet service providers should enable access to all content and applications, regardless of the source, without favoring or blocking any particular products or websites. So the job of the FCC is to make sure that our communications apparatus, TV, radio, all of that, are always moving forward in a way that suits the best interests of the consumer. Like they're supposed to protect us, regulate the nonsense, right? They're the people I believe who do the ratings for movies. If they're not, they're attached to that in some way, shape or form. All I know is Google, Facebook, and even the creator of the World Wide Web agreed that us rolling back net neutrality was damaging. I mean, if Time Warner Cable or Comcast decided that they had beef with iPhone, they could essentially slow down the service capacity of iPhone users who are on their networks. Like that is how real this is. Or let's say, you know, 45 and Fox News decided they're going to attack I don't know. Let me think of a way that they can attack. I don't know. They can decide that they only want to have their content streaming fully on a certain provider because they have an arrangement with them. So therefore, in order for everyone to get access to that content, we would be we would have to be working with the provider that they wanted to give that content to. 
right now we get we have to see everything and maybe i screwed that up but we can talk about that later i know those out there who are listening and know about net neutrality please send me a message send me an email on twitter or or on um instagram letting me know a better way to explain net neutrality but it's an important topic and i think i got it right the first time but it's it's, it's an important topic that you know, once our internet speed starts slowing down, we need to start asking questions like, what is going on? Why am I not getting content, you know, getting access to certain kinds of content? Why are those websites moving slow? Like, this could be happening now because last week was the end of that protection. So I just need you guys to pay attention, right? Like, pay attention. It's just so much going on. We got to pay attention. So I want to, let me, let me roll this back. We talked about Puerto Rico. We talked about a Flint water crisis. We talked about pre-existing conditions. We talked about 45 and it's crazy and it's crazy net nuttiness. We talked about tornado. I mean, and we talked about net neutrality. Yo, all of this happened in a week. It's only six things. And I think I've been talking already for, you know, over 20 minutes and I got to keep it going because the most important part of my segment is discussing the attacks on voter rights that happened all in one week last week. In the next segment, I'm gonna be talking with a homie about the Supreme Court's decision last Monday to uphold the Ohio um, decision to just kick voters off their voter rolls. Like, um, hmm. Like, usually when you're getting kicked off something, you get multiple notices. Like, you get a notice that you're, um, that you are about to get kicked off. Then you get a notice that you get a few months to respond to you getting kicked off. Then you get a text message. Then you get a voicemail. I mean, I'm sure they're not doing all of this in Ohio. Like, I want us to really understand the magnitude of the GOP gunning for voting access for minorities. And not even minorities, the poor. At the end of the day, life happens, shit happens, and there are reasons why people don't vote. Like, you know, you lose a job, you could be depressed for a year, you could be traveling the world for a year, You could be taking care of a sick relative. There are so many reasons why, you know, you may not vote for a certain period of time. So I just need all of us to to start paying attention to the nonsense. So that's not it. That's not all they did. So the very next day, 45 and his Justin Department didn't waste any time. They sued the state of Kentucky to force them to systematically remove the names of ineligible voters because of change of residence. So let me get this straight. You move and you are no longer eligible to vote. Now, all you crazies out there like, okay, well, yeah, if you move, you know, I moved out of the state. I shouldn't be able to vote. No, that's not what they said. They just said... Because of change of residence, meaning you didn't update the voter roll that you moved to a new apartment on around the block, 
that you move to a new city, that you move to a new county. So therefore, they have the right to just purge you from the voter rolls. Like they're making, the federal government is making it easy for states to shut down your right to vote. And I'm not even done. Like, I'm not done. I'm not done. Because Wednesday, okay, another conservative state went for us again. North Carolina has decided it was going to... Ugh, they just frustrate me. They just frustrate me. North Carolina decided that they were going to shut down some voting rights um, in three different ways. So let's quickly discuss them. So the first way that they decided to um, obstruct voting in North Carolina was to... Number one, they decided to eliminate the final Saturday of early voting in state elections. Saturday, people, like the day that no one works and they can just get up and take their kids to vote. Well, is it strange that that's a date that draws out a large amount of black voters? Oh, is anybody else surprised? Hell no, you ain't surprised. You know this is what they do. And they're trying it. Number two, because I ain't even done. Like, North Carolina went three ways. They gave us a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday surprise of just attacking our civil rights. Then he wants to, then they want to do a constitutional amendment on the November ballot to require you to display an ID when you vote. Now, for all you crazy kooks out there who are saying to yourselves, well, you know, what's wrong with showing a state ID? Let's talk about the history of North Carolina real quick. North Carolina is a part of the South. Before 1960, 1970, there are many African-Americans in that state that didn't even get access to a birth certificate. In order for you to get an ID, you probably have to show a few points, you probably have to show a few ways for you to prove your identity. Well, not only is that a state where African-Americans don't even have birth certificates. Yeah, I said it. We still dealing with shit from the 1900s. Yes, the institutions that were plaguing us back then are plaguing us now. 34% of African-American women do not have a state ID. That is a problem to me. That means you're not driving. That means you don't have transportation. And that also means you're not moving around. And we know when you get to move around, you get to meet people, you get access. You get access to jobs. You get access to education. You get access to people who are going to put you on. When you can't network, you can't grow. So we have a state in this union where women don't even have IDs. I believe by law in most states, you can't really go out in public without a state ID. I mean, they're stopping people who are speaking in Spanish and just ISIS ISIS just wants to arrest them without even finding proof of they're even Americans or not. And then when they refuse to not show not just to not show ID, they're finding ways to jail us like this is a problem that we really need to try to address, but I mean, they're gunning for us. And the only way we address it is if we show up to them polls in November. And this is third, third and lastly, they are trying to constitutionally amend, amend their constitution 
And it would curb the power of the governor over the state board that controls elections procedures. This is funny because the governor of North Carolina, right? North Carolina right now is a Democrat. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's the writings on the wall. Like we don't have to be geniuses to see that we have a a party that controls the Supreme Court, the White House, and Congress, both branches of Congress, that they're actively fighting, they're actively fighting us on a right that was given to us in the Constitution by the Bill of Rights. Let me take that back. That was, I think, not even the Bill of Rights. I think it was the 1964 Voting Rights Act. So let me get my history right. I'm gonna need the citizens out there who knows these things to confirm it because I'll fix it on the next episode. But people, people, I just listed, I just, I didn't just ran down five different ways starting from Monday of last week to Wednesday that our That 45, because that man ain't my president. I was about to slip up and say that our president, (laughs) no, his name is 45. That man don't represent me. He don't, my last president was 44. My last final and favorite president was Barack Obama. So I'm not going to give 45 that respect. I'm not uttering that here on this show. I'm not doing it. Sorry. But they they really ran down on us. They ran down on our rights last week. And I'm going to need y'all to run down on them in November. Welcome to the Citizen Pod. Welcome to the Rundown. And get ready for the next segment. Welcome back to the pod. It's your girl, Kina Zantel. I'm going to get right into the business of things and get to being really excited about like having my homegirl on the show. What's up, homie? Hey, Kina. What's going on? Long time no see. Right. Exactly. We need to fix that. We need to fix that soon. We will. I'll be your way next week. Well, let me get into it because this is just so important to talk about, and I definitely want to keep good on my time premises here. So last Monday, the Supreme Court upheld Ohio's aggressive effort to purge its voting rolls. Um, And basically, it's just, again, it's just the beginning of just them rolling back in any way our access to voting. I mean... You're out here, you're working every day on these kind of issues. What are you seeing? What are people saying? So what's really interesting is that like this is something that the Republicans and that's alike are participating in. Um, we've seen it with we've seen it in a, with uh, with the Democratic primary in New York where folks with ethnic sounding names showed up on election day to the tune of 125,000 folks in the city of New York and couldn't vote in the primary. Um, You know, the Republicans consistently done this, have been doing this since they decided in the 60s to double down on racism as a platform. And, uh, you know, if we remember Florida and and Bush Gore, you know, it's just, it's incredibly frustrating and it's it's disturbing because voting is a constitutional right. So it's not just 
violating the Constitution that is the foundation of this country. Um, and we have to be very concerned about that because if they'll violate that, what, what else will they violate? Yeah, and I mean, they and they spent, and I mentioned this in my earlier segment, but I mean, the GOP, every day last week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, there was an attack on voting rights. Like, for Monday, it was Ohio. Tuesday, it was Kentucky. And I believe Wednesday was North Carolina, where we had, you know, the Trump administration or a Republican GOP go after you know, something as important as early voting. I mean, that is the easiest way to try to stop us from, from voting. I mean, and the, so you're right. And the reality is, is that like, I think this has always been the, GO, the GOP's modus operandi. Right. And what's frustrating is that like, folks don't see, don't see that and can't understand that. But what's happening is, it makes it easier for them to roll back our rights, to spend our money and put it in the pockets of their friends right. if we don't have access to vote, mm-hmm. if we're not paying attention. So, you know, the reality is like a democracy is most effective when the citizens are informed and engaged. Mm-hmm. And what we have now is like the rollback of our democratic republic. So we have to figure out what our strategy is to combat um, an enemy that is well-funded mm-hmm. and it right. has the majority. Right. So, so we're up against a lot, but the reality is, is like, it takes a lot of like grassroots organizing and talking to folks about why this matters. Right. And at the same time, getting people to believe in a system that is like, essentially at this point, it is corrupt. It needs to be, it needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And, and and so that's where we are. So this is a heavy lift, but like it's 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 essential to right, right. maintaining all of our other rights that are on the chopping block as well. Right. And you had mentioned fun. You had mentioned fundraising kind of vaguely, but this I think last week, you know, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend had donated seventy two thousand um, dollars. I guess seventy two thousand dollars towards I believe is it the ACLU. Um, yeah, and, and the name of Trump. and they yeah on Trump's birthday, and they were able to get regular folks to donate seven dollars and twenty cents and raise another million dollars. I mean, it's, yeah, it's no. that kind of you know small donations, small steps towards change that we can do. Like we don't, you don't have to be a millionaire to be about change. There are people out here who are you know joining organizations that you know, register folks, you know, register folks to vote or, you know, fundraise or lobby on behalf of certain issues. So, you know, there are things that we can do to really get things done. Absolutely. And you know what, the thing is, the thing of it is, is like, you have to find your lane Mm -hmm. and figure out how you can contribute because, you know, we all can't work full time. Mm -hmm. And on these issues, right? Like, right. I this is my job. I get paid to do this, and I get paid pretty okay. Okay. But for to our everyday folks, it's like spending a weekend, knocking doors, mm-hmm. things like that, like really basic things. You like you said, small donations, getting folks to to pitch in and donate to issues and to candidates. Yeah. Organizations that do this work, essential work that's necessary. Right. You know, and it's yeah. We might have 
individuals, the, the money of a Warren Buffett, but there are so many of us that if we can just get on the same page mm-hmm. and jump in where we and get in where we fit yeah. in, the amount of change that the amount of change that we can force as a collective is is is, is there's no there's no bounds there's no boundaries. I mean we so we've seen Bernie Sanders be able to raise mm-hmm. what, at average like all these average contributions of twenty seven dollars right That's like. Awesome. People are funding, they're crowdfunding their campaigns. And I believe that we can crowdfund our liberation. Mm, that's that's an excellent point. Crowdfund our liberation. Okay, people, you heard that. You heard that on the Citizen Pod. Write that down. <laughs> we definitely need to be about that. So I just wanted to say, you know, I had also recently read an article where it said 34% of Black women in North Carolina don't have state IDs. Um, and I talked about it a little bit on the first segment, but like, what do you feel about that? Like how many things like affect that number? Like how, cause when I first heard that number, I was like astonished, but then I thought about like just the history of North Carolina, but do you have any thoughts on that? So, you know, the reality is, is that this is all very intentional closing, closing, um, closing post offices, um, shutting down government buildings in predominantly black and brown communities so that folks don't have access, making it really difficult to get ID. All of these things are a part of a really, really elaborate plot. And I know like a plot sounds like we're in a, in a movie with a, a, a villain, a cheesy villain, but that's the reality is that like, these folks have a very strategic, very complex plan to make sure that folks, particularly black and brown people who are, who are more likely to be liberal and to vote democratic are not are don't have that right and they make they put as many roadblocks as possible to deter folks from showing up at the polls and the, the, we see the numbers like it's working but we have to be more diligent and, and militant and pushing back right right so figuring out how to organize folks to get their ids in enough time and to know that it's important to have id um and also like in places like florida where it literally takes you a decade after being charged with a felony, charged with a felony, mm-hmm. right? right? Charged with a, not convicted, not spending, not, not spending time in prison. You know, it takes you a dec, almost a decade and tens of thousands of dollars. And you have to get before a, a state, you have to have a clemency hearing to have your voting rights reinstated. That's insane. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. That is nuts. Um, and then like, but what I see, what I see, what I see in Florida is that like there are a number of groups who are working and they truly believe that, um, amendment four is going to pass. And it's a, this is a ballot initiative to basically reinstate automatically folks, uh, voting rights in the state of, in the state of Florida. And uh, they think it's going to pass. And I believe that and it's what's really, the number, isn't it almost like a half a million new voters on the rolls? So I know I don't. I don't know the numbers, but it's a significant. It's it's hundreds of thousands of folks who can't vote. I remember there is a county where three out of four black men cannot vote because they have a felony. So this gets into like the criminal justice system and how certain communities are intentionally over policed and targeted and overcharged for really basic like small drug offenses, right? Like things like that. All of those play into a larger plan to make sure that certain people don't have 
their constitutional rights and are not allowed to practice their constitutional mm-hmm. rights. Mm-hmm. And and what's crazy is the argument the GOP uses to keep us from voting is to combat widespread voter fraud. But then the pushback from Republican Board of Elections chairs, which make up most of the chairs from across the country, they're saying there's no voter fraud in my state, but there's no voter fraud in my state. Like, absolutely. The reality is that we caught it was Republicans, Republicans doing voter voter registration drives, throwing out lists of folks they think that think might be Democrats. Right. Like those are the things we found. The, The widespread voter fraud that I know of are all of the ballot boxes that were found in Georgia in the in the woods from black communities mm. during the Bush during the Bush Gore election. Like respectfully. And I'm not going and I'm not going to say that Democrats don't practice this too, because the reality is that like the Democrats have a lot of work that they need to do, right? right? Like we have a much bigger tent. And the Democrats have always treated black and brown voters who are the base of the of the party yes. and who are the most loyal and most consistent. Yes. As if we're as if we're expendable, right. and the reality they start the value that we deserve. They would have to be accountable in ways that they don't necessarily want to be accountable. They're not ready. So they are not ready. Sides, um, and if you if you read Hillary's book, I can't remember the name of it, but she really kind of calls out Chris Van Hollen because Chris Van Hollen was suppressing black vote, the black vote, when he was running against Donna Edwards. So there was just a lot of a lot of shady. There was a lot of shady going on. Sides, but the but but largely the GOP is definitely having a, a much larger impact and is far more successful. Yeah. So, but like, but that doesn't say that we don't have to get our own shit together and in our party too. Right. Like we gotta look else. Right. Well, I think. Well, I, you know, thank you so much for you know being on the show today. I wanted everyone to kind of just like know that there are like passionate people out here doing everything they can to kind of like move us forward and talk to communities of color and kind of get us energized and put us down on game. So you know, I applaud you for being that person. You know, you're always that go-to person when I need to know information about politics. And everybody should have that person in their life. Like, you should be around like-minded people who are who want to put you on game in all aspects of your life. Like, so Absolutely. do your own research as well. Get out here, talk to people, organize, be a part of the surge. Follow the Citizen Pod at the Surge 2018 on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to hear more from Brittany, Brittany, Britt, where should they follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Baxter, B-A-X-T-E-R, Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-N-Y, no A, no I, no E. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much it. My Instagram is private, so... Y'all don't need to see what I'm doing there. <laughs> they definitely, they don't, they don't even need that in their life. Um, that's only for friends and family and folks that we know who got your back. You know what I'm saying? But um, thank see you, why- listeners. We appreci- appreciate you, voters. This is my Juneteenth special, special edition episode. So I'm just excited to be here, to be alive, to be able to talk to y'all. And I should have a, another episode up on Wednesday. So Talk to you guys later. Bye, Brittany. Love you. Love you. Bye.